an overview, as I said, uh, going into the last break. I mean, a glut, a literal glut of forwards all battling for four or five spots. And then you've got people like Enval Kerfoot and Mikheyev that could really, you know, help things out by doing specific things to sort of clear the page for the, for the left wing to develop. What's your take on all that? I mean, the numbers are startling in terms of, uh, you know, how many people are there. Yeah, there are a lot. And, you know, and then the Leafs, uh, you know, had Nikita Gusev on a PTO last week, late last week, Jim. And, and, and to me, that's the, the probably the biggest question going into camp is, is how does that all shake out and not really on the left side. Look, we know we know what Matthews is going to do. We know what Marner, you know, what's Matt's, Matt's wrist issue. Marner's going to do the top, those those top four. We know what their capabilities are and all this sort of thing. Spets on the fourth line, um, you know, defense is more or less the same. But uh, there's a lot of people vying for those spots and newcomers and and, uh, and incumbents, like you say, and 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 I don't know. I, I guess you know the beauty of the six game preseason, and, and by the end you'll want to have your roster set by that last game. But you know Sheldon Keefe will move some parts around and see what fits where. But uh, to me, that's what it is. I mean, it, you know, we I know one of the uh, shiny questions going into the camp is how do you replace Zach Hyman? Well, I don't think you do. Uh, no one person will do that. You just hope that, whether it's you know Nick Ritchie with the top two of uh, Martin Matthews and, or Bunting or anybody, McKayev, you just hope that it, you get it right and, and you go from there. But um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to be settled here, uh, certainly in the next three weeks. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's that's the big narrative. How do you replace Zach Hyman? And I think you'd agree. I mean, what you do is you put on the table all his attributes, and you realize there was only one, uh, which mm-hmm. was, oddly enough, a liability. There was only one Zach Hyman. So if you could take those attributes and apply it to four or five guys and get little bits of Zach Hyman out of everybody, it, it sort of works, doesn't it? It does, but, you know, you still, you're still you missing that complete player. And, and you know, I, I just... I don't know, uh, you know, the, the one thing that Hyman did, especially with Marner and Matthews, was, you know, help them be better hockey players. And right now, the group that we're looking at, uh, no matter who it is, you don't see something similar in, in those people. I mean, you're going to be asked, say if it's Nick Ritchie, you're going to be asking him to play more minutes than he's ever played in the National Hockey League. Uh, Bunting is, you know, 26 games in the NHL, and that's it. But, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, uh you know, this this is you know this is uh, you don't want to say it's up uh, it's up the Leafs' own doing that they're in the spot, but it is to a degree. Uh, you know, when you stick with those people up front and and the contracts that they have, uh, this is what you uh, wind up with. You're trying to you know plug the holes properly, and and you really don't know on paper how that's going to get done. Um, but you know, I guess the one the one thing is the one one positive for sure, Jim, going into all this is that. Sheldon Keefe does have a lot of options, so you're not going to be locked into something for the first on ice sessions on Thursday, and that'll be that. So there's going to, I think, there's going to be some moving parts here through camp in the next few weeks. Yeah. So in, in terms of the options, I mean, uh, uh, what's yeah. what's going to happen on the left side is is totally negotiable. Uh, what's going to happen with with Rasmus Sandin is totally negotiable, and I, and I tie the, the both of them together because literally in, in both scenarios you have to let the player find his way, which mean, tells me that you know for the first two months of the season you you may be a little tolerant of of things because the the person has to grow into the job. Would you agree? Agreed completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as I say that, you know, Keith can say, okay, move some things around. If he's not like it. You have to be patient as well from his side, and it's going to be finding that balance, right? And as far as the guy yeah. that Sandine goes, I mean, I think that's, you know, if, if 
to me, the, the, the biggest issue, I don't even know if they're issues, Jim, but the questions, whatever you want to call them, with the start of camp is, you know, that left side, how does that shake down? Peter Mrazek, um, you know, what kind of goaltending tandem are we going forward? And then you're right, on the blue line, does to what degree does Rasmus Sandin blossom this year and take perhaps some of the pressure off, you know, what do you do with Morgan Riley next summer or during the season? Um, you know, I think that that's going to be a, a bit of a fascinating aspect of all this is, is what happens with San Diego and a blue line. You know, does he uh, settle into that third-pairing role probably with Travis Dermott uh, quite nicely? Uh, you'd think that he's ready for it now. Um, you know, he's been playing a ton of games last year, of course, but um, to me that, that'll be, you know, that that's going to be one of the things here that's going to, you know, uh, that, that again, Sheldon Keefe is going to have to be patient with and, and that's not always easy to do with a young defenseman, right? Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. But um, you know, it's the, the 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 D is interesting because I, I really like the top four. I like Muzzin, I like Riley, Brody, Hall. I, you know, and Dermot and Sandine, I think should work well together. But once you get past that, there's not a ton of depth. I mean, Alex Biega and Carl Dahlstrom are here on on two way contracts, and and perhaps you go to one of them. You know, Timothy Lilligren. Yeah. Is it a make or break camp for him? It could be, uh, you know. So we'll have to see how it all goes. But Sandine, I think, is a real X factor for the Leafs in the blue line to start and through the season. Yeah, absolutely. You have to see what you what you have there. I mean, it's a first round pick. He's uh, got high, high offensive upside, and, and maybe he develops into something special or, or not. But yeah, you have to sort of come to that conclusion. I'm going to throw another theory at you. Uh, mm-hmm. Years ago, in a series against Boston, the Bruins exploited the right side of the Leafs blue line, and over a couple of years, they had a lot of bodies in and out of there, and they finally fixed that. And, and I like what they did. I think it was a two year run at fixing that problem. The right side of that blue line is is pretty darn good, and, and so is the left really um, so now we're dealing with the same type of a situation on the forward unit on on the left side would you compare those repair jobs in, in any way shape or form that that really i don't know if it happens this year but certainly over the next two years i, I think and i actually kind of like what they're doing this year i think that left side will repair itself with what they have i think it will to a degree but on the on the other hand too um you know, one of the ways that you were able to fix the things in the blue line is you, you had a hell of a signing last year in TJ Brody. And I don't see that caliber yeah. of player being signed for the forward group right now. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, somebody's not going to emerge from this. But as of right now, as of right now, just, you know, looking back at what Brody brought and really helped solidify that side, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if they necessarily have something similar in that way that's going to help solidify to that degree, uh, the left side. Now, Nick Ritchie would probably argue with me about that, and so would a few of these other people. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev, uh, Jim, is a guy who asked for a trade at the end of last season. It didn't happen. Look, you're going to get a better opportunity, so so to speak. Okay, well, then go out and grab it and do something with it and show us why you thought you might have been attractive to another club via trade. Um, you know, So I think there's something on Mikheyev's shoulders to try to get this right. But, you know, I, I, like I said, the good, I think one real positive here is they do have a lot of options. People are going to come out of it. I don't think it's going to be a, an issue for Keith at Christmas time. You know, kind of you know rubbing his forehead and, and worry about what's happening here on his left side. I think people will come into it. It's just right now the uncertainty is you don't know who those people are going to be. I mean, on paper we have an idea, but we have to let this play out because you're asking people to do things they haven't necessarily done before. But you're right. I think you know they, they've solidified that. Uh, that area on the blue line on the right side, um, 
you know, Justin Hall, I think, is a real, real capable defender with, with Nelson, obviously. You know, we already discussed Brody. And, and now, you know, in order for them to do what they want to do next spring, they've got to get this right on the left side. And like I said, they've got the options. We just now have to sit back and see who it's going to be that comes, comes and grabs a hold of these things. And Nick Robertson, I haven't mentioned him either, but he's another guy that I think he's thrown to that mix at least for camp to start, Jim, and see where he goes. Well, I'm going to nickname him Flex because I think that, and I think you and I have talked about this before, um, mm-hmm. I think that he has the ability to absolutely upset the apple cart if he can sort of hit the ground running. You know, he's already done that in the, the development camp and at the prospects tournament. That I'm not suggesting that he would make the roster, but because he's waiver protected, he could be a nice insurance policy long term over the course of this season if all that mixing and matching up front doesn't work out. He, In, in fact, if you wanted to get really optimistic, if he was to make the team, um, he could absolutely upset the depth chart. Oh, completely. There's no doubt. And I think he would probably tell you the same thing, that that is the goal. To, you know, if there's, if there's a, uh, a written on napkin plan right now to have Robertson perhaps play in the AHL at the Marty's and tear it up, he's going to look at you and say, well, I'm going to, you know, try to ensure that, that doesn't happen and come in and have the best camp I've had with this club. And this is after he's had a few good ones in the past. And, you know, I'm with you on that. He's, he's hitting the ground running in a sense because he has had the, uh, you know, the, um, the play in Michigan now over the past weekend. Playing in game situations is, is playing in a rookie tournament comparable to trying to earn a spot with a National Hockey League club that is a good team. Well, not really, but he still has – that game mentality now that a lot of the other people is going to be competing against won't have had for coming from the, the, the informal skates that we've had uh, leading up to this. But if I'm Nick Robertson, I don't look at the and I don't think there's no way that he would look at this look at it like this because he's not that type of person. But I don't look at the, all these additions the Leafs have made and said, okay, now I'm kind of screwed. I'm in tough here. This isn't going to happen. Um, I'm looking at it going, okay, how many people can I can I knock off? Uh, you know alleged purchase at this point going into camp and going through camp. I think he's going to be really motivated. I think there's a real potential for him to do something because like we say, these guys, they're not, this is not all uh, solidified here. There there are some open spots there. And Nick Nick Robertson, sorry, absolutely has to be considered one of the, one of the candidates for it. No matter matter what the plan may or may not be for him and and the American Hockey League season. Uh, let's talk about a speed bump, and that's the Matthews injury, which really affects the development of the chemistry of who, who's ever going to be anointed to play on the left side of his line. Um, what do you expect? Like, when will he be ready? Well, he's you know, he said he's hopeful for game one of the regular season, which three weeks from now. We're going to have a better idea once the players hit the ice and, and uh, you know, uh, see where he is in that regard, if he is at all. I know that, you know, while after the surgery he had in mid-August, he wasn't on the ice. So there's going to be some of that catching up to do for him. But, uh, you know, you're right. I, I think it's more of what's the trickle-down effect. Because I think once Matthews comes back, I don't think there's going to be a worry. I mean, he's shown in the past, Jim, when he's come back from injury, it hasn't taken him long at all to kind of get back into the groove of things. Yes, a player needs to get his timing and all that back, no matter what caliber of player he is, and Matthews to be in that group. But traditionally, he hasn't been coming off injury, and you're looking at him going, when's this going to happen? He gets back quick. The thing is here is, you're right. Now, what happened? What's the impact on the rest of the line? So you just plug in somebody at his spot right now, if he's not ready to go uh, at full tilt, 
for the on-ice sessions Thursday, and then, you know, we'll remove that person when when uh, Matthews is ready to go, or do you kind of jostle the lines in other ways as well? We'll have to see, but I think that's probably the bigger the bigger thing right now is what does it do to everybody else, not, not so much Matthews himself, because... I don't think there's going to be much of an issue when he does get back. And, you know, the guy's, the guy's going to be playing with a surgically repaired wrist, one that lingered with a problem all last year, and he still led the league in goals. So, you know, I, I think he'll come back at, uh, you know, whether it's 100% or not, but the Matthews we've seen, it's what happens below him that uh, could be a bit iffy for a bit here to get going. Terry, a couple of items here that I, I think are really key to, to what happens. First of all, the, the goaltending tandem, and I think everybody that covers the Leafs is, uh, you know, happy to see it. Uh, having said that, how good is it within their own division? Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, it can be great, but there's no Vasilevsky here, and there's no Carey Price at the top of his game in Toronto either. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see if those are factors or not. And, you know, down in Florida, does Sergei Verbosky come back this year and do the things that he's capable of? You know, they have the uh, the young kid there in night as well that, you know, is ready to uh, to, to take the next step. So that's going to be interesting, Jim, to me. But I, having said that, um, as much as I say you don't have the Vezina-type goalie that they might have in Tampa or Montreal, I think Jack Campbell is capable of really good things this year. I think he took steps forward last year. And as much as the Leafs are looking at this and saying, okay, well, We've signed Peter Mrazek with the with the intention of this being a tandem, um, a one A one B. I think Jack Campbell's going to be awfully motivated. As much as he's a team guy, there's, there's no denying that he's going to be awfully motivated to come in and be that number one guy and, and you know play the bulk of the games, start the bulk of the games as long as he's healthy. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I mean, obviously, if you're you're signing a, a someone of Razik's uh, of talent to the contract that you did, you know, you're probably looking at you know 30 plus starts for him. But I would imagine Campbell, Campbell's going to hold up his end of the of the deal when he is in net. And uh, you know, it, it's again, it's a, it's a it's a, curio- a point of curiosity though because it's, it's something that Campbell hasn't done over the long haul. Like, you know, his career high for starts in the season is 26. So that's not a lot. Certainly, Razik has more has had more than that. But um, you know, Campbell's earned this opportunity last year to uh, to be that guy for them, and I think he will be. He's just not you know on the caliber of those other two people that I've mentioned. Uh, one other sore spot, and only because when it functions, it is stunningly good and impressive, and when it mm-hmm. sputters, it, you have to look away. That That's the power play. I mean, it, it started gangbusters and then just, just did a slow fade in, into uh, the neutral zone drop pass on a steamboat count, which is just tough to watch. And w- yeah. What do you think their approach will be to this this year? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say because we know that for the most part, the personnel is not going to change on it, right? Do you... Do you load up one and kind of take a step back on the other? Uh, I don't know. It's, I think that's going to be curious as well to see how they end up going with, with this, uh, with the power play through camp and, and into, uh, you know, the regular season. But, um, I suppose the, the one, the one bonus, if you will, or positive, Jim, if you're looking at it is the personnel is there and it should work. And I, I think that, it will work because it it, it 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 can't continue on the path that it's gone on. It doesn't make any sense um, because the, the people on it are, are just too good. They're too talented. And, you know, whether it's actually, you know, a technical thing of, of moving the puck around quicker and, 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 and trying to get more so what a shots, whatever it's going to be, um, 
you know, you have to look at it as working at an advantage now, no matter what the power play hasn't done for you, that you're coming back with most of the same people on it. And, you know, um, because I'll have another crack at it. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, the, the personnel they have and, you know, if they can do a lot of the things they do five on five, we've seen how good the Leafs have been. We're good at five on five last year. That should bleed into your power play. And, you know, hit reset on it. You know, we can look back at last year and say, okay, well, here's the things that it didn't do. But hit reset on it now and, and try to, you know, forget that any of those things didn't go for you. And start afresh and see where it goes. And just, you know, keep your fingers crossed, I suppose, that at least in the early going, it doesn't become an Achilles heel for you. But there's too many good players here for it, for it to be that way. And as conf- confounding as it's been, I, I think it'll write itself. Terry, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jim.